0: This is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers Podcast. Today we're catching up with Brett Smith, Managing Director of the nickel and copper cobalt focused Corazon Mining. It trades under the code CZN or Charlie Zulu November. It's an opportune time to be chatting with Brett as Elon Musk of Tesla electric vehicle fame has lit a fire under the nickel price by telling investors at a recent profit briefing. That the biggest constraint in his plans for ev domination is a shortage of nickel please bring me nickel musk said telling the world's miners and explorers that tesla will give them and i quote a giant contract for a long period of time if you mine nickel efficiently and in an environmentally safe way now if you're looking for a lightly capitalized nickel explorer to take part in that thematic and one that already has its foot on a known nickel mining camp with unfolding exploration upside, Corazon could well be worth a look. Its market cap remains tiny at about $6 million, yet it is actively exploring at its Lynn Lake nickel, copper, cobalt project in Manitoba, in Canada, as well as exploring for large intrusive-related copper, gold, cobalt, gold deposits at its Mount Gilmore project near Grafton in northeastern New South Wales. Lynn Lake is a historical mining centre with various deposits mined until closure in 19. 19- 76. Corazon consolidated the ground position in 2015 and has since updated a resource there to what is in itself quite a sizable prize. But it's chasing a bigger story there, which, along with what's happening at Mount, Mount Gilmore, I'll get uh, Brett to bring us up to speed on in a moment. But first, I'm going to say good day to Brett and welcome him to the podcast. Hi, Brett, and thanks for your time today. Thanks, Barry. Good to chat, mate. Good. All right, so before jumping into the projects, uh, Brett, it would be great if you could uh, give us a rundown on your educational and professional background and how long
1: you've been steering the ship at uh, Corazon. Okay. Um, I guess working backwards, I've been with Corazon since 2010. and Before it was called Corazon, it was, um, I don't know if anyone remembers, a uh, Grained <laughs> Metals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think they floated in about 2005. So the company's been around for about 15 years. I've, I'm a geologist. I've been with on the board of uh, junior exploration companies since the... Uh, uh, early two thousands, I still call myself a geologist. I like to keep the, the hands on the tools, so to speak, and uh, and uh, do a lot of the targeting work in house with the team we've got here as well. So um, it's my passion. I grew up in the mining industry. I grew up in Cape York Peninsula at Weeper, I went to uni at James Cook University in Townsville. I'm educated in Brisbane at school there for a while. But uh, yeah, I call myself still a North Queenslander, based based in Perth. Sorry about that. It's a, <laughs> it's a reminder. One of the things. I can't turn off um yeah so basically uh grew up in north queensland I still call myself a queenslander and um and uh yeah so that's about that's me i think barry
0: right okay um weeper background uh was the family involved in the bauxite industry up there or
1: yeah i think uh we we moved up um in the late 60s and so when we first went up there we lived with friends and where our house was, was across the street and it was all bush. So we've been there since then. I went to kindergarten and weep and all that kind of stuff. So up to about grade 10. So, yeah, it's all bauxite mining. Um, uh, dad dad went up there driving trucks and ended up um, working his way up through the company.
0: Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, now, again, before jumping into the projects, just a general question for you. What's your feel for the nickel market? And simply put,
1: why is it a good time to be exploring for the metal, do you think? Um, well... I guess I'm I'm bullish because I separate the nickel um, metals into class one and class two. So if you look at look at ni- nickel on the whole, a lot of the lot of the media, a lot of the press is about the nickel price and supply and demand. But you, you, they bulked everything in together. So a lot of a lot of the market is aware of what's happening in Indonesia and the, the Chinese demand, the nickel pig iron, et cetera. Um, if you look at the nickel sulphide component of it, it, it's a much smaller market than the whole nickel market and. Uh, and you know, if we're looking at batteries, Elon Musk, and or, and all that side of the industry, the, the growth industry, not to mention that uh, stainless steel is still growing at a fairly mm-hmm. good rate despite the current market, you you, you see a future uh, demand that is much more substantial than where it is now. Uh, and not only that, usually these nickel deposits are uh, multi multi metal. You know, we we're, we're looking for nickel, copper, and cobalt, um, and so that just adds to the value of the rocks. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Okay. Now, I mentioned uh, Linn Lake earlier. Um, tell us a bit about its history and uh, what you're up to there.
1: Okay. It's, a, it's an old mining centre. It, it was a bit like um, the Western mining, uh, the Cambelda area for, or for Australia, really. Is a mm. One company town, very secretive of them, what they were doing. Not a lot of papers have been written about Linlake. Lake. I think there's only one published paper in its history discovered in the in, in the 40s, uh, I guess mining started in the early 50s. Uh, a lot of the exploration that we're looking at still now in our original work was done back in you know, the late 40s, early 50s type of stuff, and hasn't been added to. So we've got some very interesting areas to look at for that reason. Um, so they started mining about 1954, mined for 24 years, 23 years, almost uh, uh, non-stop, um, and produced about a million tons per annum. So it's mm-hmm. a, it's a, it's it's a big intrusive system. You know, the main mine area, the A plug, is about three kilometres long. Uh, that's one intrusion, and they've got a little satellite intrusion off the one side called the high grade L deposit. But it, um, a prolific, prolific producer, exploited down to about 1,100 metres below surface, and, and still we've got, uh, I say, very conservative jork uh, resource of about 16.3 million tonnes in the resource area.
0: Right, uh, which uh, in itself is uh, quite substantial vis-à-vis the uh, the uh, company's market cap.
1: Why is there a disconnect there? You think at the moment? Um, well, nickel hasn't been the flavour of uh, the market for a long, long time. And we we first got on the Lake in two thousand and ten uh, with some exploration ground there. So over uh, up until two thousand and sixteen, I guess we consolidated the whole project area. And it's the first time, as you said, it's the first time it's been under the roof of one house since my closure in nineteen seventy six um Corazon, uh, we're we're an explorer, and uh, I guess uh that's the main thing that our shareholders expect from us when when nickel's not relevant in the market we we do have other things that we we look at and uh, Mount Gilmore for us is our second project and it's quite a good project but that's a that's a copper. Uh, cobalt gold sulfide product. it's not nickel. So, I think Lynn Lake is is, has grown, we've grown it in times where the nickel price isn't that great. We don't Mm -hmm. always get tagged with the the um the nickel explorer type tag, Um, and I think also because it's it's not in our backyard, you know, most of the the nickel exploration that's done in Australia, Mm -hmm. we all know about it, it's in Western Australia and uh, it's very familiar to us. Well, we're we're in. We're in Canada. I think we might have four Canadian shareholders, and uh, we're in a project that's. I don't, I don't think a lot of people know that the quality of of the Lin Lake project. Not a, lot of, not a lot of geoscientists in Canada know the quality of the Lin Lake project.
0: Yeah, it's a curious situation. Um, interesting, too, uh, we're talking about Canada there because we've seen. Because the Canadians were so, the investment dollar, particularly the speculative mining investment dollar, was so focused, uh, got shifted across to marijuana and uh, cryptocurrencies. Uh, There was that lag period when the gold price took off, which allowed a lot of Australian companies to go in there uh, and pick up projects. Uh, In a sense, uh, you were ahead of the pack in nickel, so we are just waiting for the sun sun to shine on uh, nickel, and uh, hopefully it will be off to the races.
1: Yeah, we we initially saw the exploration potential of the project. While we do believe it's a, a good development opportunity, and uh, without a discovery at the right nickel price, we we believe it's a great exploration play. And I think the proof in that is that every company that has drilled in the Lin Lake region for nickel since the mine closure have have all made discoveries. And uh, and so we're out there now spending money and, and looking at something new. And we've got high expectations for what we do every time we do a hole in the lake because it's so prospective.
0: Mm. Uh, the uh, You have, uh, in the past, released an updated resource estimate. I think it's 100, 110,000 tonnes of nickel, 51,000 tonnes of copper and 5,000 uh, tonnes of high-value cobalt. I was just wondering what you see as uh, the critical mass needed at Lynn Lake to uh, get serious about moving into production.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's more uh, based on... On value, so it's, it's price, price determined. Uh, when they first started the Lin Lake mine, they needed 12 million tons of reserve, and I don't think, I don't think it's much different now. No, our resources, we categorise those at the highest end of indicated, but they they drilled down to 12 and meters meter centres those right. resources, so they're ready for mining. We've put it back to indicated in ourJORC category because we don't have things like um, uh Modern geotech studies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I just right. need to, a couple of core holes just to get it to, up to that measured level. So we think tonnage wise, we're fairly close to where we need to be. Um, and if you look at if you look at the metal price, it's been a lot lower than we would like it to be. So I guess what we can influence is uh, is the costs and the costs of mining. Processing, um, we've done, you know, we've done some processing test work, and uh, the modern processing tech work is just so much better than what was done historically. So there's there's cost benefit there, and if we can further improve on the metallurgical recoveries and, and um, upgrading of low grade material, etc., and reduce the costs of mining by going from, you know, um, uh, how they traditionally mined it to something like a, a, a sub level cave or something, like that, we save enormous amount of 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 cost with those mining methods, so if we look at our cost side of it, and the metal price recovers just slightly, um, then Lin Lake would have to be very close to being a development opportunity.
0: Yeah, we've got uh, nickel up a shade under uh, US six dollars a pound at the moment. UBS forecasting it could go to uh, at least eight dollars a pound by twenty twenty two on the EV thematic. Uh, is eight pounds, eight to ten dollars a pound? This thing would fly. Um,
1: all we have to be concerned at those prices. All we'd have to be concerned about is a capital hurdle. Restart yep. mm-hmm. definitely as far as an operating operating uh, expenses, etc. Operating costs for a nickel operation eight to ten dollars a pound. You know, it's a very good, very good uh, metal price.
0: Right, okay. Now, uh, all historic mineral fields benefit from new exploration methods and techniques. Um, just wondering what you're employing along those lines in uh,
1: at Lin Lake. <laughs> just about everything. Um, one of the one of the directors said the other day lynn likes have every thre- everything thrown thrown at it why why are you even considering uh doing more geophysics um <laughs> the, the the advances in uh, geophysical processing computer power um, and everything like that in the last i guess five to ten years have just been absolutely amazing not to mention the 3d capacity of of the software computers etc so we. We deal with data sets going back to the sixties. We we hand digitized our regional gravity at two hundred meters uh, enormous survey done by Shirt Gordon back in the sixties. And we hand digitise those, punched those that information on the computer and it's as good as a modern day survey. But you get other surveys like your magnetics, the magnetics improvements in the in the capture mm. of the magnetics, the, the equipment and then the processing has just been extraordinary. So um that's constant. It wasn't at the start of this year we stumbled on to um uh, a very good way of doing magnetic vector inversions, which uh, a lot of the technical people would be aware of, and that was from uh, Geosoft, uh, a computing software company. And, and, and so that's commercially available now. So we threw that straight at Lynn Lake, the mining center, to have a look at the known mines and not known deposits. And we could see these deposits down to 600 meters below surface. Wow. So we, th- we then throw that to an exploration uh, project, uh, exploration prospects, and we, we compare that with. How we previously done the magnetic convergence and, and they're chalk and cheese and uh, so things like that we're looking at um we have a lot of issues with um, surface conductance from old vmss and sediments caught up in the intrusions uh, and all that kind of stuff which are red herrings for any mm. of the magnetic type survey so we're, because of all this i guess all of this um, i guess pollution you could, you could call it um, we're looking at more passive passive uh, ways of doing uh, EM and and things like that. And and we believe they'll work. Uh, We've got very good magnetics now. We're just probably lacking that uh, uh, 3D resistivity slash conductance type uh, um, survey. And we're looking at something at the moment now that just it is very new um, and it's only been used once in Australia and um, it works. So we're hoping it'll it'll now allow us to tell the difference between um, BMS-type sulphides and magmatic nickel sulphides. Ah, okay.
0: So, uh, earlier this year you, you started a drilling program, but it, uh, things got a bit uh, wet underfoot. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit
1: stop-start. Um, we thought we had enough time. We, we were doing a small drill program in the mining centre and we uh, thought we'd be um, quiet and just sneak out and drill uh, one or two holes into one, a, a, a favourite exploration prospect and uh, lo and behold, we're down just on top of the geophysical anomaly at about 400 metres below surface and uh, uh, the spring melt started over a couple of days. We went from minus eight to plus eight, uh, eight degrees Celsius and, uh, and we st- we got flooded off the hole. So that was back in early May um, and uh, we announced, I think yesterday, that we're um, um, mobilising everyone to site as we speak and um, hopefully be back drilling before the end of this month.
0: Okay. No COVID problems in
1: that part of the world? Um, always. Uh, um, uh, Manitoba has declared exploration as a, um, a critical industry. And so we're allowed to mobilize our dual crews and um, geologists um, to site. It helps if they're in the same province, of course, mm. when you cross provincial borders, it gets harder. But they're all driving big trucks and there's no cars or, or utilities and things like that. So it's quite quite obviously to all the officials that we're exploration. Um, we have had trouble with geophysical crews and um, uh, because they quite often fly by plane or helicopter to get to and, and cross provincial borders and and not as widely recognised as being essential exploration uh, kind of personnel. So that's an issue and we don't want to be caught with um, you know the two weeks uh, mm. on either side because that's a cost that we'd have to incur. So it's just a bit of a juggle, um, but we've been lucky with the drilling and, and um, we started drilling in December last year and our crews were very sick. We had a few people taken to hospital in December last year. Um, mm. Um, and what we thought was just a normal uh, influenza or virus, and uh, in hindsight it could have been anything. Uh, mm. But uh, this year we've had no illnesses, no sicknesses, and uh, we've been very careful on how our personnel are treated.
0: That's yeah, great to hear. So, the in terms of uh, the ever impatient market looking for drill results, what's what's the expectation around that?
1: Um, we've probably got um, all going well. with We've probably got a week's worth of drilling to do on this hole, um, mm. and that does depend that we've still got 500 meters of rods down the hole at the moment. Um, the COS secured, and it, it, it looks like it, you know, it. the rods were turning when we left them there, we just couldn't pull them out because the platform was floating around too much. so mm. um, so the, the thing is to get back in there, pull that equipment out, um, clean everything up and, and get it back down. So um, as, as, no, that's after we um, you know, get a platform that's quite stable. Uh, we would have to be helis, helicopter supported to to some degree at least. At least getting the rig over the hole again. Uh, we'll plonk it plonk it down with the helicopter. But um, there's a, there's a couple of helicopters fairly close by that we can utilise. Okay. So I, I think after we get to drilling, maybe a week. Um, you know, we're just in the top of the geophysical anomaly. We're starting to see more sulfides. Uh, we don't know what this anomaly is. It's unusual. It's Thick, it's flat lying. At least, the GIF, is the magnetic signature is thick and flat lying, and it's 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 a it's a feature that's very anomalous in form and location. So, um, okay,
0: definitely something to uh, watch out for. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Now, the uh, second leg to the uh, company story, uh, Mount Gilmore. What's the, what's the story there?
1: Yeah, Mount Gilmore. I guess um, uh, we're we're a strong believer in Den Lake and and whenever you look at another project, you match it up against the assets you already have and, and to see if there's any benefit. In and, and, uh, 2016, we acquired Mount Gilmore. and The reason we uh, first got introduced to Mount Gilmore was there was a, a very rare and unique high-grade cobalt sulphide uh, deposit there. It's quite small, um, but you know, we subsequently Getting hold of the project, we draw that, and we've got uh, results like five meters at two percent cobalt. So it is, it is in places quite rich, and, and cobalt for that whole whole area is quite elevated. Um, the reason we did go with the project was because it was a substantial land holding and there was very little exploration regionally, but there was quite extensive um, turn of the century, late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundred uh, working, small scale workings on copper. Um, Veins and structures and things like that for the full twenty kilometres of the strike, the strike of the project. So we acquired the project. We focused on cobalt ridge, which was a cobalt uh, sulphide uh, prospect. At the same time, we went around and uh, went about and geochemically sampled the full twenty kilometres of the project area. And uh, what this work uh, revealed to us that there were very large copper, cobalt, silver, plus or minus gold geochemical anomalies. Almost a full twenty kilometre strike of the project area. So, mm-hmm. and some of these anomalies are normally you know, um, uh, two and a half k by by one and a half k. So, it's quite substantial centres of geochemical anomalism. So, that's where we are. We haven't drilled any of these targets. We've done a bit of um, uh, regional scale, wide space geophysics over them to have a look at them, and, and uh, they seem to be um, they seem to be, uh, I guess, uh, reactive to the, that kind of exploration. And the next the next step for us would be to go in with some detail in the geophysics or similar and uh, and determine where we could uh, drill a hole and and that's the problem we have at the moment these targets are that large and we don't think uh, reducing the, the sampling space for the surface geochemistry will uh, give us any more detail apparently. these geochemical anomalies are that large we just don't know where to put the drills. holes um, we've got you know we're, we're positive we can go in there and drill these narrow structures and get you know uh, one to five meters thick of high grade copper but that's not what we're after
0: yeah, okay. Uh, given the scale potential there, you the sort of thing you'll advance 100% uh, or will you look for a JV partner
1: perhaps? Um, we've got a, the, the original vendors still retain 20% of the project and we're fully funding that. Uh, we have spoken to a few, a few groups in the past that expressed an interest in it, but I'm not sure any of them are quite aware uh, of the most recent developments with respect to the geochemistry and things like that so we we are very open in all our exploration um on both projects and happy to talk to anyone you know, technically or inter- interested in the projects that's for sure being a junior you look at every opportunity yeah absolutely. um, yeah. um but with the spending requirement on this, pro- on this project in new South Wales is not large we can maintain it we, we're definitely advanced advancing it in, in the background we've got um, we've got a, a government co drilling grant from the New South Wales government that uh, allows us to drill a couple of holes and they mm-hmm. 50% of the, the drilling costs, so that's quite good. Um, we're engaging, um, I don't want to say, but we're engaging some of uh, Australia's, I guess, federal agencies and, and universities on, uh, uh, I guess, uh, modern geochemical studies that are, are proving quite interesting around the world. Some of the big companies are doing studies and getting universities to to do this work for them. And we we've, we've tentatively um, uh, looked at uh, you now funding a research project and using some of the, the method, methods that um, uh, may allow us to vector into the heat source of this mm-hmm. mineralisation. Um, now, if we're looking at say now the main body of I guess and covers about twelve kilometers so if we can take a series of surface sample rock samples on that and do some do some really good science on it uh, it's not expensive work um, that that may help us vector into where we should be focusing at looking at drilling so things like that are happening in the background so we're keen to put a hole into it we just don't want to waste that hole yeah okay
0: well folks there we there we go we've got uh, a committed explorer there um uh, reviving the Lynn Lake uh, nickel project over in uh, Canada and uh, advancing what uh, could be a very interesting project at Mount Gilmore so with that Brett I'm going to say thanks for your time
1: today mate and uh, best of luck with it all No thank you Barry we'll just keep going on so That's sorry.
0: Cheers <laughs>